everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Let's dive right into today's episode. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest, Tom Lizzie. Tom is the superintendent of Oak Ridge Public Schools in Muskegon, Michigan. He has worked in the school district for more than 17 years, 13 of which he has served as superintendent. Prior to his time at Oak Ridge, Tom worked for Godwin Heights Public Schools for nine years. His roles there include district instruction and technology specialist, interim assistant principal, and elementary school teacher. Tom earned an undergraduate diploma from Olivet Nazarene University and went on to pursue a master's degree from Michigan State University in educational administration. He is the first college graduate from his extended family and says he truly understands how education opens up great opportunities. Tom has partnered with Huron Studer Education since January, 2021. And in spite of the pandemic, he got the flywheel of organizational excellence in motion for Oak Ridge Public Schools. In Michigan, Tom is known for his tenacity, attention to processes and details and high knowledge of and practice of data-informed decision-making and integrity with a strong commitment to fairness of constituents of the district. So it's with great pleasure that I welcome Tom to our show today. Welcome to our show, Tom. Thank you, Janet. Uh, this is a first for me. I've never done a podcast before, so I'm looking forward to it. It'll be it'll be great. A lot of fun. Um, I have the honor of of uh, interviewing our partner leaders, Tom, and it's just such a such a pleasure to be able to do that. So looking forward to our conversation today. So let's start with you're from Muskegon, Michigan. And your role as superintendent is in that district. We were just talking earlier about where that is in a beautiful part of Michigan. So what are the the key points along your journey to superintendent that's carved your way to the role as executive leader and very specifically then landing where you are today? Sure. Uh, you know, Janet, I've listened to superintendents who have been guests on your podcast who had clarity and focus about becoming a superintendent earlier in their careers. But honestly, I twice declined offers to be superintendent before finally accepting uh, the third request here at Oak Ridge Public Schools. And that's actually an interesting story, but uh, accepting that opportunity was perhaps the best and worst career decision of my life (laughs) because it's been the most rewarding, yet the most challenging, uh, without a doubt. The highs and the lows of this career are certainly extreme, especially the last couple of years. And as I reflect on key points in the journey toward this role, I have to tell you about some influencers in my life that really paved the way. It was the teachers and coaches who I spent the most time with and whom I had deep respect for when, as I was growing up. And I attribute my very enrollment in college to Coach Knapp and Coach Patzer, who were my high school varsity wrestling, baseball, and football coaches, And they were really the ones who opened my eyes to the opportunity of continuing my athletic career in college. And my ticket to an education was through sports, hard work, and uh, quality people in my life. And I was blessed to earn a diploma out of the deal as well. (laughs) 
Um, I became a teacher and extended my education to obtain a master's degree in educational leadership. And Coach Patzer, who I now call Denny, friend and periodic golf outing colleague, along with my high school principal, Ron Fuller, along with the superintendent of the district, I attended K-12, Pat Reeves, and my predecessor, Tom Panoski. All of them were superintendents at a point in their careers. <clears throat> I've job shuttered them, each of them, and they are all now retired, but still mentors whom I could call tomorrow for advice and counsel. So when I look back, I just, I don't think it was a surprise of me following in their footsteps and uh, having them be the influences that they were on me. And uh, I'd like to close out the, this question uh, and, and want to share a quote from a book that one of my college football uh, coaches gave me. Uh, his coach in college was Frosty Westering, who was one of the top 10 winningest coaches in the history of college football when he retired with 305 victories over 32 years. And he wrote a book called Make the Big Time Where You Are. Mm. I've reread this personally. I actually have the book and it was personally autographed by Frostering. I've read it many times over the years. And one of the marquee stories in the book talks about a man who sold his farm in search of diamonds. And he never came to find those diamonds while the riches he sought were actually found on the small farm he once owned. And the man didn't recognize what diamonds were like in their natural state. This story and many others in this book are great reminders to focus on the present, realizing that today's challenges are opportunities to create diamonds. And that is how I try to live each day. The highs and lows are rewarding yet stressful, but I try to make the best of each day an opportunity. And this journey is about making the big time where you are. Uh, so good, Tom. You know, I just I have such connection to you from the from the coaching world and the athletic world. I, I don't you know, you probably if you've listened to my podcast, you'll know I'll tend to go back to to the to athlete, athletics and coaching and just the value of what I've learned over the years as a leader to connect back to that. But what's so phenomenal is, you know, how fortunate you've been to have people who connect with you, who've cared about you and really helped guide you in that path. And I'm sure you're doing the same for others right now, um, because that's just pr the, probably the kind of person you've become through those mentors. You know, I can tell just by the connection that you have with your mentors that culture is really important to you. So, you know, how does the nature of culture impact education in general, and how does it make education play out in unique ways for you and your community? You know, that's an interesting question. And um, uh, you mentioned the notes about the pure Michigan and how that impacts yes. culture as well. And, um, you know, I had to think about that a little bit. Um, this pure Michigan is actually just a, a marketing campaign for the state yeah. of Michigan. And I'll be honest, as a Michigander my entire life, it, I took a trip out of state to see all the advertisements <laughs> telling the stories about how incredible vacation opportunities are here in Michigan. And I've always known that we've had the breathtaking shorelines, the outstanding outdoor adventures, rugged trails, urban foodie experiences, 
I'm actually reading this off of a Pure Michigan website of learning about all these things for all seasons of the year. And uh, But to see those stories being told in other states on television and internet ads really increased my pride in being born and raised here in Michigan. And as I translate that into education, culture, and community, and uh, I reflect on how important it is to tell those positive stories, both internally and externally uh, from the school district. Uh, genuinely recognizing people and highlighting the great programs we offer increases pride and employee engagement. And this is something that the Oak Ridge Board of Education has really emphasized in recent years with the investment in personnel exclusively focused on telling those stories and communicating with the public. And I have to say, it's really made a huge difference. In fact, our highest scores in last fall's employee engagement surveys were attributed to the use of a variety of methods to promoting uh, effective communication throughout the district. Mm, and I wonderful. was really proud of, of that Absolutely. fact, uh, particularly the tough times that we've had the last couple of years. And I guess uh, that investment really has just been an essential lifeline during the pandemic as this is something we aim to maintain here in the future. Yeah, not surprising that that would that would be such a, a higher score item for you, Tom. You know, just uh, um, you're such a natural and friendly communicator, and I'm sure a great driver um, as well. You know, so I'm um, really interested in, in an your answer to the next question that talks about your continuous improvement journey, and that journey includes a close relationship with your union. Um, I, I think that's a, a, a great <laughs> plus um, that is difficult for some school districts to, to manage. So can you share with us how this works and what the benefits and unique challenges are for you there? Yeah, you know, Janet, this is something that I've, I've never been more proud of. Uh, there was a time that I couldn't say these things, but I'm just so happy that I can uh, tell a story about this. And uh, we've got three labor, uh, three different labor union groups here in our districts, and I can't imagine the last few years without their solid relationships and, and leadership, to be frank. Um, there were times during the pandemic that I was literally talking to labor union presidents on a daily basis. Mm. Um, public health guidance was constantly changing, figuring out learning models and how we fed children required everyone to pull together, communicate, problem solve, and plan logistics. Um, there were so many hard things that relied upon all of us recognizing that everyone was leading during times that they've never had to lead before. Uh, nobody had experience with what we were enduring, and we did it by leaning in uh, into the conversations, listening to each other, and trusting each other's intent to make the right decisions. As I look back at what we accomplished the last few years, it is nothing short of amazing. One group, labor group, even had a change in leadership, but the same respect and collaboration continues to this day. And in my opinion, that's when you know it is a culture of the old organization, not just one good person doing good things. Having said that, I do believe uh, that people create the culture they choose. And when given the opportunity, people elect leaders who will create a culture they desire. 
And it's clear we've got the right leaders in the right places doing the right things here at Oak Ridge. We, yeah. even, we even bargained new contracts or wage openers and handled some delicate personnel issues during the pandemic with all labor groups and the same collaboration occurred during those times. We practiced the same principles, transparency, open dialogue, seeking mutual understanding of the facts, discussing solutions to mutual challenges and assuming positive intent of all parties. And so the benefits are pretty clear. Positive labor relationships equals positive school culture, even during difficult times or circumstances. Yeah, you've got a story to tell um, to many others, Tom. I'm so glad that you're telling it to our listeners here. And uh, we'll, we'll find other ways for you to tell that story, too, because it's such a powerful one. Um, you know, and I think as let's continue that just for a few minutes, as you think about from your learnings and, and working to build the culture that you have and making sure that leaders are, are, are equipped to do that and you're supporting them, you know, what advice for executive leadership that includes a board union and building school leaderships, school district leaders, you know, what advice do you have for executive leadership? Yeah, yeah. So my advice, without a doubt, is to collaboratively develop a common vision, mission, values, and strategic plan for the district. Um, and I don't know if you know it or not, Janet, but um, Huron Studer Education is actually in the midst of helping Oak Ridge create Eagle yes. Strategic Plan 3.0. Uh, in case you don't know, uh, Oak Ridge are, are the Eagles. That's our, our mascot. Okay. <laughs> and so Eagle Strategic Plan, it's just our third one that we've done over the last 13 years that I've been superintendent. And I'm glad to say each time we get better at the process. So uh, this time we had an unprecedented amount of engagement. Uh, we had over 250 educators, support staff, students, and community members across 40 different focus groups participate in this last uh, process over the last few weeks. And the key strategy that I'm trying to implement on behalf of the Board of Education is to ensure that all voices are heard so that it is uh, so that there's credibility in the established priorities that get elevated through this process. I could not be more proud for our Board of Education for their routine insistence that we have a strategic plan. Um, there was a time and in, in, uh, early in my superintendent that uh, early in my superintendency that I had to convince the board to do this and now they uh, are expecting it uh, mm. on a routine basis. So that's a huge encouragement on my part. Um, but this really lays the foundation of all continuous improvement efforts in the districts. And when you conduct a process like this, you certainly want to reflect on the positive accomplishments and celebrating the positive is essential. But if we're truly trying to create a culture of continuous improvement, we have to ask the question, how can we do better? And when we listen to people and take an authentic look at the data with how we are performing as an organization, uh, we need to hold ourselves accountable by measuring those important things that we value. Healthy school cultures view data as an essential tool for improvement, and that data, we believe, is a flashlight on growth opportunities, mm -hmm. and it should never be used as a hammer. We're trying to help, not hurt each other on this journey towards excellence. 
And in the end, if a strategic plan is just a full a few bullet points that are on the wall, I feel we've failed. And yeah. if it truly drives the continuous improvement efforts across the district and is reflected in the actions and research-based strategies, uh, that's when students will win. That's when you know everyone is on the same page and moving in the right direction. Ah, so good. So good, Tom. You know, I, I, as you close today, um, you know, thinking about your role as a highly connected, because you are highly connected executive leader. I mean, highly, highly high touch, um, very focused in terms of what you're driving. What do you think stakeholders of K-12 education want or need from school districts and systems of education at this moment in time? Yeah, that is the, the crystal ball question. It is. It? it sure is. I've been looking for that crystal ball for a long time. <laughs> Me too, Tom. <laughs> I have too. I'm hoping that it'll just fall out of the sky one day. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But I, I'll try to answer the question. Okay. Uh, so what does the community want from us is how I'm uh, framing mm-hmm. the question here. And what I find locally here at Oak Ridge and what I gather from colleagues across the state is perhaps best described by uh, Jamie Vollmer, who's the author of the book called Schools Can't Do It Alone. Perhaps you've heard of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, he collectively describes four things that communities need from schools, uh, and he calls them the prerequisites to progress. Oh. The first prerequisite is, is understanding. The community, and frankly, the staff included, must understand what we are doing, why we do it that way, and how we plan to change it. And it is a school's responsibility to generate that understanding. And any attempt to avoid this step to progress is doomed to failure. Whether parents tell you or not, they want and need to understand what is happening in our schools. The second prerequisite is trust. There was a time that high levels of public trust was just a given. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not true anymore. Schools must constantly earn that trust with transparency, communication, and actions to earn it. Unfortunately, community understanding generates community trust, and it is the oil that keeps that flywheel of progress spinning, in my opinion. The third prerequisite is permission. The community desires to be consulted on potential changes that are in queue. I think schools need to get permission to proceed, whether it uh, be as significant as a facilities bond proposal election or as abstract as a tacit uh, just sense of community or belongingness. Uh, Getting a green light or a nod from the community to implement change or make progress comes in many forms. Great leaders have that situational awareness and community connection to know when there is a red light, a yellow light, or a green light on progress. But let's be clear, community permission is a byproduct of their understanding and trust. The final prerequisite to progress is support. Schools cannot fulfill society's enormous collection of academic and social demands by themselves. Communities want to support their schools when it is earned, but when communities' support is earned, it promotes active participation and ownership of the success of the schools. And using Vollmer's analogy, 
schools can't get from point A to point B without going through C, which stands for community. Ah. Armed with these prerequisites for progress, we dramatically increase our chances of creating schools that unfold the full potential of every child. And so I really hope that uh, some of that reflection in that book is really helpful to your mm. listeners. Yeah, so, so good, Tom, and so helpful and so important right now. You know, I think as we look across the country and how we're, how superintendents and executive leaders are trying to manage through the community changes that are occurring that are impacting our schools, what great advice you've provided today. And just the, you're, you're just such a natural at building those community relations. So, you know, don't want to take anything away from you and what you've contributed to your community. And I'm so glad that somewhere down the road, someone had an influence on you to say you've got to be a superintendent because somebody had to make that a yes decision rather than a no decision somewhere yeah, along the way. I'll tell you that story when we have yeah. time. But I was uh, going to say, when we see each other, I want to know that story too, because I think that's probably a real powerful one as well. Well, I can say today, I'm thankful I finally said yes. Uh, I think we all are. And I think you're for sure your community is and the impact that you have on our, our profession um, is is significant. Thank you for the time today. I so enjoyed it and um, hope to see you soon in person somewhere in a conference and so that you can share your story in person with others. Thanks, Tom, for being with us. Thank you, Janet. I'm appreciative of Tom's time to with us today. I so enjoyed our conversation and learned a lot from Tom and and just feel like that he has such a good approach and attitude and has strength within his leadership to do the best for our students and families, and very specifically for his contributions that he's made to his community. We've got two free webinars coming up and we'd love for you to join us. The topics are timely and will help you finish the school year strong. The next one is just a couple of weeks away. The webinar will be on Tuesday, May 10th at 2 p.m. Central. The topic is rebuilding trust with stakeholders. For details, head over to Studer Education, S-T-U-D-E-R-E-D-U-C-A-T-I-O-N.com slash events and click on the webinar events on the right-hand side of the page to learn more. You can register right there. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Performance. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. We'd also appreciate you taking a moment to follow and rate our podcast and Apple Podcasts. We love hearing from you. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.